It's been a long two months since our last show together. There's been a lot of craziness in both of our lives. I went and built an entire college football model within a month, and it basically consumed all of my time. I know Tony's been incredibly busy himself. You know, he's got some big news to share with you guys, but we're back. It's been a whole two months. Tony, how have you been doing? I've been doing pretty good, Tom. It's definitely good to be back. It's been a long time since we've done anything, like you said. It has been a very interesting two months. We've just been, you know, really busy. But as the NFL season is finally starting to gear up, you know we have to be back. Yeah, no, we're hoping to bring you more, at the very least, weekly content, if not potentially daily content. I do hope to share the college football model with you guys. It's actually off to a very good start. It's only six games behind ESPN's FPI. So I'm super excited about that, and we hope to bring that kind of content to you guys as a way for us to branch out a little bit. We may be NFL diehards, but that's not the only thing we can talk about or cover. But it is what we're going to talk about and cover today, but specifically, not just the NFL, but the NFC South. It's one of our deep dive editions where we're going to break down what we think are gonna ha- is going to happen with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, and of course, my beloved Carolina Panthers. So... I would like to start with the aforementioned beloved Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield as the cover art on today's episode, but I think it's fitting that we start, as we started all of our shows, with the division champions, which is, in this case, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep, so uh, uh, because of that, and we have to start with, you know, the previous year's uh, reigning division winner, Unfortunately for Tom, that does mean that instead of starting with the Carolina Panthers first, we'll actually be ending with them because they were the worst of the worst last year. Yeah, you did. Was was that needed content? Was that I, needed? I mean, I'm just saying we were a very factual show, and it is a fact that they were the worst team in the division last year. I'm just trying to keep his objective, Tom. Some some very important analysis from Tony. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. All right, so. Let's go with these fast facts. We're trying to do a quicker episode today, so we're going to blaze through them. Ready, set, go. Mel's draft grade for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was a B. They needed guards, defensive tackles, and running backs. Tony is going to point out that they really didn't address that need. Their cap space this season is $12.4 million. Their dead cap is $19.4 million. Their cap health, again, that's the top three players, and what their cap is is 22% without the dead hit, but the dead hit is actually one of their three biggest numbers, so it's 25% with. Their lineups rankings last season were first in offense by volume. But Tony would tell you volume is not as important as efficiency, and they were fifth in defense. Their total DVOA was 27.6 for third. Their finish was an NFC divisional loss to the eventual champion Rams on a last-second field goal. Their Zelo rank was is second this year with a projected record of 11.5 and 5.5. Their their PFI rank is fifth. Their strength of schedule is fourth. Their head coach is Todd Bowles, his first year with the Bucks but is sixth in his career. Their offensive coordinator is Byron Leftwich, fourth with the team, and their defensive coordinators are two, actually. They have Larry Foote, Casey Rogers, and it's their first as defensive coordinators, or co-defensive coordinators, I should say, with this team. So, you know, when we wrote this script, we did write this with the intent to actually give it to you guys about two months ago. So I think my my first line here, the obvious starting point here is with the news that was, well, just in the news, and it's referencing the the Tom Brady uh, news about the Dolphins and the fact that he retired and then unretired, um, and it actually got the Dolphins a fine and in the form of a first-round pick and actually got their owner suspended for the first few games. Uh, so, Tony, how do you feel about the Bucks? They obviously had a lot of off-season drama, and so I think because Brady retired, they kind of prepared a little bit differently than maybe they otherwise would have. 
Yeah, I think that's a fair evaluation. Honestly, for me, and this is kind of, you know, this is, I might be over-exaggerating when I say this, but I am selling on the Bucks right now. Now, that does not mean that I think they're going to be a bad team. I think they're going to go, you know, last in the division. I still think this is going to be a very solid team. I just think that they're kind of like, they're bumped just below the tier of Super Bowl caliber team. I think they're mm-hmm. right there, but they're not quite there anymore. I think that whatever success this team has this next year is going to be heavily in the back of the defense. Offensively, I don't want to say that they're in shambles, but they sure aren't looking as great as they have in past years. Brady is Brady. He's going to be fine with a decent O-line, which I do think that they have, even though there are some issues. uh, He's going to be decent, not great, but decent. It's going to be decent. I think this is going to be the worst O-line that Brady will have uh, in his tenure with the Bucs so far. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That another problem that they're going to see is they're a little bit lighter receiver than they normally are, even with adding the overrated underperforming phenom of Julio Jones. Yes, I know that's a hot take, but I don't particularly love him. Oh, well, hold on, hold on. So I, I know we were trying to change the style up. I do think that Julio Jones is going to have a good season, even if it's not impactful in like 90% of the game. I think because of his larger size and frame, that realistically he's just going to be an end zone threat. And like they're going to bring him out in, in goal line formations and goal line packages and just have Brady put the ball where only Julio can get it as basically a Gronk substitute. In fact, I actually think Julio is going to have enough touchdowns to merit being on a fantasy team. So I picked him up in my dynasty league. That That's the one thing that I don't love about Julio Jones is that he is awesome for yards. He's throughout his entire career. He's always been great for yards. He's put up a ton of yards. He's always made big plays. He just has never really like put up the touchdowns to kind of warrant how many yards he has. Usually it's like if this guy has 1,200 yards in a season, he also has 10 to 12 touchdowns. Julio is like 1,200 yards in a season, and then he's got like mm-hmm. five. He's kind of like – and it's, it is kind of funny that Atlanta then kind of replaced him with Kyle Pitts, not in that it's the same position, but Kyle no, Pitts – the same statistics. Touchdown. <laughs> so it's just kind of an interesting thing. It seems like maybe it's an Atlanta thing, and now that he's on the Bucks. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to kind of turn that around because I do think he could be really good. I've never understood why he's never really got a lot of touchdowns, but even with that, I do think he is going to add value. He's not a nobody. They have Mike Evans, who's obviously always a stud, but after that, mm-hmm. the list kind of falls off. Godwin's solid when he's healthy, but he may or may not play in the first week. Uh, I think the recent reports are saying that he will. A- am I right on that, Tom? I believe you're right on that. I would have to double check. Play, but I it, it kind of sounds like it's one of those he's going to play, but he's not necessarily a hundred percent. So you have to take that into account. After that, there's Russell Gage, who he's not bad, but he is a wide receiver three for a reason. Then you have Julio. Um, so that's their core wide receiver group, and their tight end group consists of Cameron Brayton, Kyle Rudolph, neither of whom eclipsed 300 yards last season, and their star running back came in. 30-ish pounds overweight. Now, obviously, that could mean nothing. He could drop all that. He could be in the best shape of his life by the time the uh, season actually starts. But it is kind of a cause for concern, kind of the Eddie Lacy effect that, well, if he does it once, he's probably going to do it again. So I do think that the offense isn't going to be very explosive for this team. Defensively, there's not a lot of there's not a ton to talk about. They are still definitely an elite group. Even with a couple of the guys leaving and some new guys coming in, the new guys are going to have to learn fast, and the team vets are going to have to stay sharp. Uh, but I do think that this team is still going to be very good overall. I just think they're going to have to rely a little bit more on their defense this year than previous years. Yeah, and what's concerning about that reliance on the defense is currently right now they they have yet to sign back JPP and Indomitian Sue. Um, you know, 
key edge and line uh, players. And currently, according to reports, JPP is actually looking at signing with the Ravens. I believe he had a visit there a few days ago. And Ndamukong Su has admitted that Tampa Bay may not be in his future. Um, so those players are still technically free agents, but have not been signed. And with you know the start of the season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in less than a week and for the actual start of the NFL season, which is in two days, you know, it's, it seems to me that they, the Bucks actually may be taking a bit of a step backwards, at least from line play. I don't remember. I think they're still going to be a good team defensively. I do think that they're going to take a step back. Um, but I, you know, all of that, regardless, I think we can, we can agree that they should take the NFC South because their competition are the Panthers and the Falcons and the Saints is the absolute wild card in the NFC as a whole. Very, I mean, that's definitely something that could happen. They could win it again. I honestly think that the Saints might be kind of taking the edge if Jameis continues to show out like we think he will. Um, but I, I do think, like you said, they've taken a step back. They're still kind of there. They're a playoff team, I think, 100%. They could maybe win a game or two. I don't think they're going to be winning the Super Bowl anytime soon, but that's not really a surprise, right? Like, we kind of knew what they signed up for when, you know, they won the Super Bowl. They were the first team to bring back all of their starters. They spent, you know... A decent amount of money to do that, but we knew it wasn't sustainable. We knew this was going to kind of happen eventually. This is honestly happening slower than I thought it would. I thought they'd lose a lot more people a lot faster. So if I'm the Bucks, yes, I'm definitely taking a step back. But overall, I'm kind of happy where I'm at. Yeah, in fact, I'm looking at the updated over-the-cap numbers, and actually the Buccaneers cap space is actually limited to $1.4 million. So they're definitely not bringing back anybody, and the team is as the team is right now. So, you know... I think I think you're right. Like we're seeing, you know, we're seeing that they have approached the the limit of what repeated cap spending can do unless you're the Saints and you want to manipulate the cap forever. Yep. All right, so let's head to our schedule breakdown. We we need a sounder for this. It should just be like schedule breakdown, breakdown, break. All right. Yeah. So enough stalling. They open against Dallas on the road. I I feel mixed about this. I honestly think Tampa Bay should win this, but I don't know how do you feel? I don't know either. This is going to be one of those games, just like last season. They kind of opened up the uh, same game. It was so close. Fifty percent of people thought the Cowboys. Fifty percent of people thought the Bucks. I I would be comfortable giving this one to the Bucks, but it's a lot closer for me than it was last year. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna go with the tag because I love not committing to either or. <laughs> um, okay. I, I just don't know. Like, I don't know how Dallas's defense should be good, right? But, like, also, I know mathematically they are due for a massive turnover regression next year. So, I, you know, are they going to get turnovers? I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, so I'm going to put it as a tag because I have no idea how to feel comfortable with that team. Okay, for the Saints, uh, in Week 2, they're on the road. I'm going to put that down as a loss because, like you said, I think that the Saints can be competitive with the Buccaneers. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think the Saints are going to pull this one out once again. Home to the Packers in Week 3? You said they're playing at home? They're in Tampa Bay? Mm-hmm. Okay. If they're in Tampa Bay, then honestly, I'm going to I'm gonna eat my humble pie already, and I'm just going to say Tampa Bay wins. I was going uh, to say, if we have Tampa Bay losing two of their first three games, can you imagine the sky falling for the media that that would be in Week 3? I mean, it's not impossible for them to go 0-3 in the first three games. It's not yeah. impossible. Well, try 0-4 on for size. They'll be taking on Kansas City at home. At home. See, they're really lucking out with these home games. They're the only reason why I'm not really bagging them right now. Mm. 
I don't know, Tom. Do you think we could tag this one? I'm a coward. I'm. Oh wait, never mind. We already did tag it for the Chiefs, so I think we have to tag it. Ah, there we go. I'll take it. I say the coward in me is very happy with that. Um, all right, Atlanta. We're gonna say home is definitely a win. Absolutely. At Pittsburgh should probably also be a win because it's Pittsburgh. Absolutely. At Carolina should be a win, and while I'm depressed. Definitely. <laughs> home to Baltimore. Win. Yeah. Uh, home to the Rams. Wow. Good lord, this is a loaded home schedule. Boss. Oh, okay. Seattle. Win. Yeah, I didn't even need to ask. Didn't even need to tell you uh, if it was home yeah. or away. Uh, all right, week eleven's the bye. Week twelve, they'll be hosting the Browns. Um, I think it's going to be a win. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Home to the Saints. We said that we'd split them, so that's a win. Yeah. At San Francisco. At San Francisco, it, this one's going to really depend on how Trey Lance plays. Now that we know that he's going to be the starter. You know, who knows if he's going to be the starter this late into the season? It could go. You know, they still have Jimmy G on the on the on the roster. They could throw him in at any time. I think that I would be comfortable giving it to the Bucks, but only because of the uncertainty behind Trey Lance and how he's going to play. In my mind, yeah, I'm okay with that. I think that like the Tampa Bay defense is going to be tougher for a rookie to play against. Yeah, uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I think, is going to be a win. The Bengals are a good team, but they're they're they are going to regress from last season. There's no way they pull that off again. Agreed. All right, at Arizona, I think we're pretty comfortable. Yeah, I was going to say pretty comfortable giving it a win here. Carolina home, we said that's a win. Yep. And at Atlanta, we said that's a win. Yep. Well, I'm really glad that we were super conservative on the Bucks and didn't go full full tilt on them. Yeah, really. We, we only ended their last six games with all, or seven games with all wins. I say 14 and three. Wow. You know, they're really taking a step back. Yeah, they're regressing, aren't they? Yeah, hard regression. All right. So, because we are horrible at predicting what we're going to predict, let's move to the Saints, who we both are currently predicting that we will predict to be a good team, but I have no idea if that's actually going to be the case. All right. Fast facts. Here we go. Mel's draft grade for the Saints was a B minus lower than Tampa Bay. Their positional needs were offensive tackle, wide receiver, and defensive end. Cap space is was at the time of writing this 11.5 million with the dead cap being 33.2. They are 17 without the dead cap. Uh, dead cap hit that is cap health and 28% with offensively they were 20th because they were missing Jameis Winston for over half the season last year and they were fourth defensively their total DVOA was 4.7% and 14th they missed the playoffs last year their zero rank this year is 24th with an average record of eight and nine their PFI ranking is 19th and their strength of schedule is seventh their head coach Dennis Allen is his first year with the Saints it's his fourth as a head coach Pete Carmichael is in his 14th season as an offensive coordinator and Ryan Nelson uh, and Chris Richard, our co-coordinators, and the it's their first with the team. Awesome, great fun, great yeah. fast facts. Yeah, I need to breathe. So, do you want to give your analysis first? Absolutely. So, I like the Saints right now quite a lot. Not really a uh, uh, a surprise to anybody that's been listening for the past essentially two years. I think Jameis being healthy again is really going to be exactly what the Saints need. He showed last season when he started off the first seven ish games, he threw fourteen touchdowns to only three interceptions. If he didn't get hurt, I'm pretty confident he would have. we would have kind of seen another 30-plus touchdown season out of him. But instead of the 30-plus interceptions, I would guess that this time it'd probably be about 12 at the most, ideally less. So I think that you know if we can see Jameis Winston throwing 
you know, 32 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. That is a much better quarterback than we saw a couple of years ago. 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, the infamous season. And it's exactly what we said, right, Tom? Where he was going to sit behind Drew Brees for a couple seasons mm-hmm. and it was really going to help his decision-making and the talent was going to remain. That's kind of what we saw from him last year before he got hurt. Adding Jarvis Landry was a great move. And even though I don't really love him getting I – don't, I don't love Michael Thomas in general. It can't, it can't really hurt to get him back. If Chris Olave is as elite as I hear he is – the Saints could have one of the premier wide receiver rooms in the NFL. And with Jameis Winston, I do think that could be really scary. At running back, I, as of right now, am going to discount Alvin Kamara somewhat due to his potential suspension. We have we, we don't really know what's going to be happening with that. It's becoming more and more likely that he will not get suspended this year. But, you know, who knows anymore? We'll have to see. Um. If he were to get suspended, that would leave them with Mark Ingram as a starter, who I don't think he's elite, but I think he can hold down that position decently. So while they wouldn't be doing anything special at running back, I do think that they could get by. Defensively, this appears to be another really strong unit. Typical loss and gains of various players, but overall, every position lost. The Saints seem to have filled rather well. Since Breeze retired, it seems like the defense has kind of flipped a switch and suddenly become very strong, which is unfortunate. I really wanted to see Breeze win a couple more Super Bowls, but here we are. The big question mark for me with this team is going to be how the new head coach Dennis Allen does. Only time's really going to tell how he meshes with this team and how the team does with him, but I think that this team has all of the tools it needs to win this division, especially with the recent success of defeating the Bucks and Tom Brady in the regular season. If they can do that and kind of get the one-up uh, on the Bucks if they were to finish with the same record, I think that would really set them up nicely. Yeah, no, I definitely think that the biggest takeaway is that offensively, like, there's no reason they shouldn't improve. Uh, you know, they, they, they have the wide receivers, they have Jameis Winston, assuming he's healthy. I think they have a good enough offensive line to give Winston time. I actually, I am, uh, I'm not particularly with you on the Alvin Kamara isn't great train, but Zelo certainly is. It has him as the 26 running back in the NFL, which kind of feels absolutely insane if we're being totally honest. Uh, as for the defense, yeah, I mean, I think I think it stayed pat. I think that's honestly like kind of the best way to describe it. It was fourth in the NFL, so it will be good, but it was pat. Um, you know, they added, let's see, they added uh, Tyron Matthew in March, May. So I really like them both, and they did add Daniel Sorensen. So I don't know how much uh, hope we should have. Maybe we'll see Sorensen give up a couple of big, uh, big throws. Um, but all of those signings were there to address the loss of Marcus Williams, and so I honestly think that the the unit is going to stay pat at, at the absolute worst, if not improve slightly. And I think that's going to be good enough for the Saints to be at the very least a wild card team, if not competing for the division. Yeah, I do think that it's going to be a competition. It's not going to be kind of a clean sweep where the Bucks have kind of secured the division almost after, like, week eight. It's going to be a little bit more of a battle if Jameis Winston and all the predicted starters at the current moment can stay healthy and perform as they have in the past. But I do think that this is going to be a really good team. I don't think I'm going to say, like, you know, there's Super Bowl potential on the line here, but I think that if they were to really have a bang-out year and really go into the postseason strong, I think they can make it to a conference championship. Yeah, conference championship does feel a little strong, but not out of the realm of possibility, I guess. Yeah, it's their ceiling, I think. Yeah, I think I, I think it definitely has to be their absolute ceiling. Um, all right, so let's turn our attention to obviously the schedule, right? That's kind of like the 
kind of the thing that's most important. Sorry, I'm trying to find a stat for the audience. Yeah, so the yards per attempt, I know Tony really cares about the yards per attempt metric with running backs. Can you guess what Alvin Kamara's is? Alvin Kamara's yards per attempt. Or projected, I should say. His projected yards per attempt. Projected yards per attempt. Um, can I get a hint? Is it more or less than four? Less. Less. I'm going to yeah. get three, three point, three point four. It's 3.56, but the reason that that's notable is that is quite honestly a fairly atrocious mark. Like, if you're below four, I worry about you as being an elite running back and as primarily, as like ball carrier number one. Yeah, I don't, I think that he's decent. I think he's, I think he's above average. He's better than Mark Ingram, I'll say that. But I don't think that he's going to be the guy that's really going to light up the league and be super efficient, a hundred like, you know, one hundred and twenty, hundred thirty yards a game. I just don't think he's really going to be that guy. But I do think that the one area where he really separates himself and is able to add more value is really in the passing game. I think he's really he's really kind of evolving as a pass catching back, and that's going to make him a little scary, uh, more scary than just have him having to be a one dimensional, you know conventional running back because i really mm-hmm. don't think that he's able to do that super well mm-hmm. yeah no i agree all right so let's begin with the schedule so in week one they'll be taking on the atlanta falcons on the road i don't think that matters i think we have that as a win yep i guess instead of week one i should probably just say sunday um okay week two is tampa bay we have that as a win um, because that what we decided to do, do the home away split, and then they're at Carolina, which I'm assuming is we're also going to say is a win. I think we're also going to say is a win. Yep. All right, and so next is Minnesota, home to Minnesota. Now, I don't know if this is going to be a hot take or not, but I actually think Minnesota wins this one. I'm 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 confident in the new coaching change, and I think they're going to be a lot more aggressive. It's really going to benefit this team, so I'm going to give it to Minnesota here. No, me too. I was actually thinking the same thing and thinking you were going to be like crazy. Um, all right, <laughs> home to uh, home to Seattle. Now, this is another team that's made a lot of changes in the past season, but unlike Minnesota, I think they've been absolutely terrible. So Seattle's <laughs> awful, and they're going to get blown out. Yep, no, absolutely. It's That's what happens when Drew Locke is your quarterback. Right. All right, Cincinnati in week six. Cincinnati, I think they lose this game. I think the Saints win. Oh, okay, I was really confused for a second. No, I think Cincinnati... <laughs> I realized after I said it, I worded that really poorly, so I threw in a little clarification. Yeah, no, it was definitely it was a little bit of a dangerous game. All right, Arizona in Week 7. They're on the road, if that makes a difference. Hmm. I think Arizona's going to be a good team, but I don't know if I think they're going to be better than the Saints, but I do think that they might be good enough to be taggable. I agree. I think this is because this is the week when, when they kind of come back into full form. Yeah. Uh, that also, you know, it's roughly the week where... <laughs> where uh, they fell off last year, so I don't know if that's a, if like if DeAndre Hopkins coming back is going to change that or not. Yeah, who knows anymore? I never understood Arizona team. Yeah, me neither. Just like the next team, Las Vegas. I have no idea if they'll be good or not. I don't pretend to know. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. I think the Saints are going to win, but every time I discount Vegas, they always come out and surprise me. So I don't know. Maybe we should. Maybe we should break the curse and go ahead and give Vegas some benefit of the doubt and just say they win this. Historic, well, going off of when we did the AFC West, we had the the Raiders losing. Uh, so we could go back and change it. <laughs> I don't. I just don't know with this team. I never know. And I always second-guess myself every time I look at them. So up to you, Tom. I'm going to leave it up to you. You can do whatever you want here, and I'll be okay with it. 
Oh, Lord. I got to... Okay, I got to check how many tags we have on the Raiders. Dang it, we have four on the Raiders. I got really excited because I saw three, but th- the Chargers had three. I'm going to go and reverse this because I totally agree with you, and I don't pretend to understand anything about the Las Vegas Raiders. Or... Mm-hmm. I think the Saints win. I yeah, I agree. I do think they win. I think it's the home advantage. Like, I think if you, in my mind, if you switched who had home field, I would, I'd switch my pick. Potentially. All right. Next, we are at Pittsburgh in Week Ten, and of course, we know how we feel about Pittsburgh on this show. Absolutely. All right. The Rams in Week Eleven. I'm assuming we have that as a loss. Yeah, that one's going to be a loss. And then on the road against the 49ers. I think see, this is this is going to depend on how Trey Lance plays once again. I think that I'm the, okay tagging it. I yeah, I'd be okay with tagging it. It could go either way. All right, and then of course we have them as losing to Tampa Bay before they head to their bye. So then they've closed down the stretch with Atlanta, Cleveland, Philadelphia, and Carolina. So a win against Atlanta, I'm assuming. Yep. Cleveland. How do we feel about Cleveland? Late in the season. We have the space, so I'm. I honestly am leaning towards the tag. Here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest that we tag Cleveland and then we tag Philly back to back, and then we say Carolina is a win, and we let it sit there. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't hate that because I do think that Philly is another one of those teams that's really going to pop off this year. It's just a matter of how high their ceiling is and how low the Saints' floor is, and where these two are going to meet at this point, this late in the season with injuries and all that. No, I agree, and I'm glad I'm glad you're optimistic about the Eagles because I took uh, Hertz in my fantasy draft with oh, you some t- of my friends. I took him. I was like, I'm going to go all in on Hertz here for I no reason. Draft. You t- you what? I took Hertz in my draft. Okay, what? yeah. Well, I was made fun of for it. Someone was like, I can't believe he took Hertz that high, dude. And I was like, it was a mid-quarterback round. Like They were just starting to fly off, and I saw Hertz. Yeah, I took Hertz in one, and I think Jameis is my, as my other one. Nice. I actually I took Brady. I took the the, fa- uh-huh. the fail safe of just having the high volume guy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, no. It feels like it feels like cheating to have Brady on your team because you know he's just going to throw for five thousand yards. But what are you going to do? Don't let me get him. All right, let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons, and I'll begin with the fast facts as I normally do. So Mel's draft grade was a B plus. Their positional needs were quarterback, defensive end, and wide receiver. Their cap space was eleven point nine million, and their dead cap was a resounding sixty three point two million dollars. Their cap health was twenty three percent without the dead hit. Of course, the dead hit is an absolutely gargantuan figure, and so it's forty seven percent with, which is an obscenely unhealthy cap. Their lineups rankings were twenty fifth in offense, twenty ninth in defense. Don't expect those to really get better, and their total DVOA was thirtieth at negative twenty nine point four percent. They very obviously missed the playoffs. Their Zelo rank is twenty seventh with a projected record of six point seven and ten point three. Their PFI rank is twenty and their strength of schedule is just ninth. Their head coach is Arthur Smith, who will be entering his second year, along with his his coordinators, who will also be entering their second year. Dave Ragno is on the offensive side of the ball, and Dean Pease is on the defensive. Yeah, uh, this is not going to be a good year for the Falcons. If you're a Falcons fan, buckle up. No more Matt Ryan. Now you have the guy that everyone forgot was still an active player in Marcus Mariota at the helm. And to make matters worse... He's not even the worst part of this offense. Calvin Ridley was obviously suspended and Gage left. So now it's up to Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts 
was okay, but nothing special last year. So I give him no real credit this year, and he's going to have to prove me wrong to get any nod from me. The only other hope at a skill position is a couple freshman draft picks that I don't particularly believe in yet either. The good news, though, is, well, it, it, it gets worse, honestly. A.J. Terrell is obviously an amazing player, but he can only do so much when he's playing with no help at all. And Grady Jarrett was a star player on the line, but he was virtually non-existent last year as well. This team's not going to go 0-17, but I'm not going to say that they don't make it to 3-14. Yeah, no, the Falcons are in full rebuild mode, and quite honestly, the real question is when Marcus Mariano no longer is the starting quarterback, right? They drafted uh, Desmond Ritter. I honestly think that at some point down the line, Desmond Ritter is going to take over this starting job just because I'm not a huge believer in Marcus Mariota, although maybe the Falcons just are like, hey, you know what, regardless of the results, we're going to sit you for the entire year, let you learn, let you sit behind Marcus Mariota, and then when we feel a little bit more confident in the team around you, then we'll put you in. Uh, you know, but I but I honestly think people are going to be anxious to see what Desmond Ritter looks like. Um, I do feel pretty optimistic about Drake London, the wide receiver that they drafted, I believe, out of USC. And, you know, tight ends are typically kind of slow uh, from what I've read. Historically speaking, statistically speaking, they're kind of slow to perform well. And so I'm optimistic about Kyle Pitts this season. I didn't draft him in fantasy, but I am optimistic about his production increasing. Uh, but yeah, like this is uh, going to be a bottom tier passing and run blocking team. And then defensively, like, you know, 29th in defense and they are not improving. So, you know, 30th in defense is quite honestly a good result. Yeah, we're going to have to see if the ghost of Cordero Patterson can be revived for one more year and do anything at all. Yeah, which is unfair to Cordero Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And- so let's head over to the schedule section. So they open, of course, against the Saints, and we already have that down as a loss. Shocker. No question. Now, then they'll be at the Rams, which, of course, I'm assuming we're going to put down as a loss. I don't even think this is a loss. I think this is a new category of devastation that we should just – it should be far beyond loss. This is going to be an absolute blowout game. Yeah, it'll just be a Matthew Stafford padding stats game. All right, uh, week three is Seattle, so it's their first real opportunity to win, it feels like. You know what? I'm going to be nice. I'm going to give it to them. Are we going to Are we going to be nice, Tom? I think we are going to be nice just because Seattle is not going to be. <laughs> yeah. No, Seattle, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Cleveland. But this is, keep in mind, this is important. Maybe it changes your decision or not. This is Cleveland without Deshaun Watson. Now, with a lot of other teams, that would change my decision. But I think that Cleveland is so much better in every other area of the team that I do still think that they win this game. Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's move to Tampa Bay, which, of course, we already have down as a loss. Yep. Then we can move to the 49ers. Yep, this I- is a- Time that we can have the Niners, and I honestly think it does not matter how Trey Lance plays. They s- Niners still win this game. Yeah, that defense, at the very least, should be absolutely ferocious. Yeah, 100%. I'm still confident in them. All right, Cincinnati. This is on the road at Cincinnati. So I know you have them regressing, but not that much, right? Not that much, yeah. All right, this is the first real test. It's Carolina. Carolina wins this. Okay, all right. I I, I like the sound of that. All right, I'm assuming the Chargers, we don't like the Chargers at all, so I'm assuming we're going to give this one to the Chargers. Yeah, 100%. All right, and then at Carolina? Carolina wins this again. Wow. Okay, the sweep. I don't like where this is going for Atlanta. (laughs) All right, we have Chicago, which is a legitimate game. That's another one. I 
I don't want to say that they win this, but I may throw a tag at this game. Yeah, I'm here for that just because I don't know what to make of Chicago. Yeah, same here. Chicago will be equally terrible, I think, is the is the analysis. Yep. Alright, at at Washington. Uh loss. Okay, yeah, I can get behind that. Pitt. Pittsburgh. Um Pittsburgh does still have an elite defense, so I think that's gonna be the difference. Pittsburgh. Yeah. At Detroit. Oh, excuse me. Uh, the, by at New Orleans. New Orleans wins hundred percent. Baltimore. Baltimore wins hundred percent. Arizona. Arizona wins hundred percent. Tampa Bay. Arduous Bay loss. Thousand percent. All right. So do you, I'm gonna do the arduous task of counting all the wins we gave them. Do you mind counting the losses really quickly? Oh yeah, real fair evaluation. Let's see. Four, five, six. One. Okay, that's it. And then the, I'll do the tags just to, to add value to my side. Oh, yeah. You're, you're really helping us out here. All right. Let me go back. One. Okay. That's it. I'm done. I held up my end of the bargain on this one. I don't know what's taking right, 20 so long. 15. 15. Good Lord. Okay. So we have them as a resounding 1 in 5, 1.5 in 15.5. So a two-win team. Well, hey, that's that's exactly that's exactly down the middle of where I said not zero and seventeen, but not three and fourteen. And maybe they'll be able to get a nice quarterback in next year's rookie class. Yeah, maybe, we'll assuming Desmond Ritter doesn't pan out. Yeah. All right, and so the last team that actually does have a quarterback that I am optimistic pans out. Um, we're gonna very quickly, quickly run through these fast facts. First, the Carolina Panthers were given a B draft grade. They were knocked a little bit for taking a quarterback lower in Matt Corral. Uh, they were in need of a quarterback, an offensive line, and a cornerback. Very important distinction. <laughs> cap space is $21 million and the dead cap is 23.5. Their cap health is 21% without the dead hit, but the dead hit, of course, does factor in in this case. It's the third highest charge they have, so it's 27% with. Their lineup's ranking is 21st on offense and 21st on defense. Mediocre. Nice. Uh, their total DVOA is a negative 24.2. That's 27th. And they missed the playoffs last year. Kind of surprising, given that they were 21st and 21st. Uh, their Zelo rank is 31st for this upcoming season. And their projected record is 5.75 and 11.25. Their PFI rank is 25th. Their strength of schedule is 12th. This is Matt Rule's third. And if they don't do well, probably final year. And Ben McAdoo's first year as offensive coordinator with Phil Snow, it being his third year as the defensive coordinator. Awesome. Well, I know that Tom is a resident Panthers fan, but since he is probably out of breath, uh, I'm going to start with this. I kind of like the Panthers this year. CMC is returning, and he's going to be great for three weeks, then tears ACL. But I'm yep. really excited about Baker. His shoulder injury inhibited, inhibited him last year, obviously. But honestly, he didn't really play half bad. And now that he's healthy and out of the drama hole that is Cleveland, I think he has the tools to actually do pretty decently. Defensively, I'm optimistic for the squad. While they were overall ranked in the bottom half of the NFL last year, I think the return of second-year cornerback J.C. Horn is really going to help a lot. J.C. Horn was doing really well last year before going down to an injury. I know Tom was very disappointed about that. So was I. Mm -hmm. uh, and the pass defense last year was actually generally pretty good. Uh, they were top five in pass yards, attempts, and completions allowed last year, according to lineups. Their biggest downfall was in the red zone. They had a bottom three... Uh, a bottom three rank with 67.3% touchdowns allowed in the red zone. I think that was actually 
20, it might have been bottom four, I think they were 28th. And if they can really tighten up there and maintain their dominance in the secondary, then I think they actually should have a fairly decent season. I think Zelo's actually a little low on this, which Tom will be Tom will be happy to hear. Yeah, I'm definitely of the mindset that Zelo's just low on this team, and it's, it's just because ESPN gave Baker Mayfield a pretty panning statistical performance. Now, that may have changed, honestly, since... Uh, Sam Darnold went on IR and was also, you know, Baker was named the starter officially. And so as I do kind of my last minute updating for the model right now, like I will probably go in and find maybe the Panthers have gone up a little bit. We'll see on that one. Uh, But yeah, I mean, look, I'm optimistic and of course I'm optimistic, right? I'm the fan of the team, but I do legitimately feel good about the skill positions. We have Christian McCaffrey. I did like Chubba Hubbard, even if he wasn't like top tier elite last year when he had to take on a more sizable load. I like that we snagged Deontay Foreman as our third string running back. I feel like that's a decent running back room. As far as the weapons go, we have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Terrence Marshall Jr., so I am legitimately excited about those three. I do like Shai Smith, and of course, Tommy Tremble is probably my favorite uh, tight end in the NFL, if only because he's just a Panther, and he did come um, from a good school that I think is a good tight end school. Uh, and then, you know, we obviously have the first overall, uh, well, not the first overall, but the first round pick for us was at left tackle in Ike Ikuunu. Uh, I'm so sorry for botching that. And I do think overall the the offensive line has been revamped enough to the point that like I can be optimistic that they can actually protect Baker Mayfield. And then yeah, defensively, like look, I don't think that twenty first tells the whole story, especially because of just how dinged this unit was. I honestly am anticipating them to be at least a top fifteen unit. Yeah. No, I, assuming they stay healthy. I can agree with that. I do think that there is they they are going to Kind of come up to the mean. They were below the mean, I think, last year, and I think they're good. We're going to see a correction in the proper direction this year. Yeah, no, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That's what I've been saying for like the past few years. We can't be this bad again. We were so <laughs> bad last year. Yeah. What are we doing, guys? Okay. Um, let's start with the schedule. So in week one, we have Cleveland. I'm honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say this is a win, just because I want it so badly to have been that we beat both the Jets and Cleveland after taking their former quarterback. I agree. I honestly think this is going to be a win. Yeah, and if we don't beat the Giants in week two, I will just be depressed. Like, don't even don't don't expect a show that week. Don't, yep, they don't expect a show. Could win that game as well. Yeah, all right. And then in week three, we took the loss to the New Orleans Saints. It was already kind of ordained when we did the Saints, and so we moved to the Cardinals. Um, I just don't know. I think. I think, honestly, Tom, if we're being generous, we can tag it, but realistically, probably a loss here. Yeah, I, I'm okay with taking a loss. The only reason we beat them last year was because we had Cam Newton as our secret weapon that came out of absolutely nowhere um, and had two uh, and uh, red zone touchdowns. Yeah. All right, and then against the 49ers, I am also okay admitting that this is a loss, albeit a close one. Yep, I do think it's going to be a loss. Yeah, I honestly think that San Francisco, San Francisco, assuming that it's Trey Lance, might actually be more likely of a win than Arizona because I think that that Panthers defense is going to be able to do more to stymie uh, the the 49ers offense. And I think you know because it's a young rookie, right? And then the I, I I don't feel great about that Panthers offense going up against the 49ers, but if the defense does a good enough job, you know, hassling a rookie, I feel at least a little bit better about it. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, and then we go to the Rams. So this is at Los Angeles. 
Yeah, so the abs- the absolute media world of hurt that's going to come for five straight Panthers losses is not great, so I hope that there's at least a win mixed up in there because next week they have Tampa Bay. We've already said that Tampa Bay is going to get the win. Yep. Um, and then week eight, we have them winning against Atlanta at least, so that makes three wins. And then in week nine, we have Cincinnati. This is more of an interesting one. I think... Mm, do we tag one? I'm pretty good about tagging that. I, yeah, I'm comfortable tagging all right, next week in Week 10 is a home win against Atlanta, and then Week 11 is Baltimore. I am going to have to say Baltimore has – Baltimore's probably going to win this one. I'm I'm pretty comfortable with saying that. All right, Denver. Denver wins. Yeah, I kind of figured. All right, and then a bye in Week 13, we move to at Seattle. Yeah, Panthers win this one. Uh, then Pittsburgh, which I'm going to give to the Panthers too. Yeah, yeah, we get that. And then – Detroit, I'm going to give that to the Panthers. You're going to give that to the Panthers? I am. I'm not as high on the Lions as you are. Really? Oh, I don't know about that. How about a tag, then? Uh, Yeah, we can tag. I'm comfortable with that. All right, and then Tampa Bay, I believe we had as a loss, and the same with the Saints. Yep. So, yeah, looking at this schedule, there's a good amount of red. I think it's fair, fairly earned red. Yeah. Going wrong. There's, there's just some tough games like you're in a tough division and then there's some other uh, outside division games that really probably aren't going to go well but there are some wins in here as well and this is it's it's kind of a a, a step up year you're not going to be great but you're not going to be as bad as you've been yeah no if the panthers went seven and ten which is what our new projected record is i honestly would be pretty optimistic yeah that's not too bad and i think that's a pretty fair evaluation um yeah I know Zelo had them. What was it? Five, about below six wins. About yeah, just below six, six wins and just above eleven losses. So I think that we are a little closer to uh, what they're actually going to do than Zelo is. I still don't know why they're quite so why Zelo's quite so low on Carolina. But you know, projections. We'll see how it ends up really going. But I think Carolina's in a good spot. I mean, recently, Zelo, like, when I was kind of reworking some of the numbers, I do think Zelo got a little bit more optimistic on the Panthers. Like, they are now firmly above six wins now that I'm looking at some of the simulations. There is, like, one in every ten runs that looks like it results in a season below six wins. It's like, I do feel... I feel good, at least, that they'll be above five. Like, they should... They, they should be above five, which is not great with when it's like your favorite team ever. That it's like we'll we'll have more than five wins, but we're gonna play seventeen games this year. So it doesn't feel great to admit, but it feels better than in seasons past where I've just been, yeah, this one's doomed. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's not an easy uh, an easy lineup of teams. I think it's definitely a tough schedule, but I don't think you're gonna be last in the division. I'll give you that. Yeah, and that's honestly, that's progress. Just not being fourth. All right, so to quickly give you guys a recap, we have the, the Buccaneers winning the division with a 14-3 and because we really think that they're taking a step back. Then we have the Saints as a wildcard team at 11-6. and The Panthers, they're just going to miss the playoffs probably at 7-10. and And the Falcons with a 1.5 and 15.5 record because we just only gave them one tag because they're that on, like, they're just not that good. Like, they're just they're really I, that bad. I was going to say unbelievable, but honestly, unbelievable, like, almost gives them too much credit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little too- 
Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. When we come back in the next couple of days, we're going to try and do another quicker show. I believe we'll be doing the NFC West so that we can get the Rams done before they officially have their kickoff against Buffalo. And what will is sure to be a great game that we've already tagged out, uh, tagged the chicken out of it. Yep. Uh, so we'll see you guys sometime in the next few days. Thanks for listening. Definitely. Thanks, guys.